Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, ironradio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, I'm a sports nutritionist, uh, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I run Strength Guild. I also run the Barbell Open, which is coming up again. And, geez, amongst other things. So I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and kind of across the board. So Right on. We have just a little bit of news here. I don't have the usual science news, although... Uh, Phil had one. In fact, you want to talk about that first? Strength and muscle sport news. Yeah, there's a there's an abstract I'm, I got here in front of me that uh, it's from PubMed, and um, basically it's saying that uh, leucine supplementation may accelerate connective tissue repair. So, okay, um, they well, it's in rats, of course. But uh, and at the end, it's saying it warrants more investigation. But they uh, they took these rats and basically in- induced trauma to their tibialis anterior muscle, mm-hmm. and then supplemented half of them with leucine and half of them they didn't. And uh, the leucine reduced their neonatal myosin heavy chain. And uh, you know, after ten days, there was uh, a marked improvement in those who had leucine. So. Uh, in the connective tissue repair, so um, I think that probably stands to reason, right? If it's if leucine is protein synthetic, why yeah. would it only be for like actin and myosin in your muscle tissue? Mm-hmm. You know, so and that's what it went into is that it's not just uh, good for regenerating myofibrils and uh, right. TA muscle tissue. So yeah, looking at that, and they're just saying now that uh, well now we need to do more study. So okay. but. So. That actually segues a little. Let me offer to everyone what we're going to talk about after the break. But we're going to talk about comfort and recovery foods. It's a good time of year. I think fall and winter is a good time for big eats. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll start by defining it. And I, one of the things that I want to define is I think strength athletes, muscle athletes, are a little bit more, more prone to the maybe protein-rich foods for recovery foods, not just like ice cream, you mm-hmm. know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, but that's a good example, right? If there's extra leucine, you eat some leucine-rich stuff that actually helps recovery, and it's not just sort of psychological recovery, you know, which is good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, though, let me – I have two little things. One is a bit of mild bad news, I guess, from Iron Radio perspective. I just got an email from our web server that said, we're sorry to inform you that you can't upload anything to your website for a while until we figure this out. Well, great. Now, it says your website is still online and available, so ironradio.org is still there. Um, however, this is this is my shout-out to everybody, and honestly, I, this is not going to work that well because you'd have to know about it in advance, but we'll use YouTube. YouTube is a great backup. That's why I, just, I put our audio on YouTube. Um, I'll try to point that, you know, um, I'll link that on our usual Facebook on Sunday and all that sort of thing, but... YouTube is the backup this week. If you have any, ex, you know, issues with 
uh, ironradio.org or iTunes or whatever because if we can't if we don't upload the MP3 audio file effectively to our server then iTunes and the other podcast catchers they can't go get it right so YouTube might be our recourse uh, until <laughs> our server kind of gets their heads out of their asses mm-hmm. uh, next. Oh, this is from um, Paul. We'll just leave it at that. He says, I listen to your podcast regularly and appreciate the reliable scientific basis. I have been lifting for a few years and I consider myself an intermediate, and I'm also pursuing a chiropractic degree. I tweeted about Iron Radio, even though it outed me as a meathead (laughs) to people who Mm. usually ask, do you work out? Now they ask, where do you work out? Uh, and then he says, please send me some swag. And that's how we do it, uh, folks. So that's what we're doing with our fall contest. If you can send out a couple of tweets or make an iTunes review. I know two iTunes reviews is hard, but uh, even one I think would be fine. Uh, we'll send you stuff. Like I said, I've got a little pile of stuff here, mugs, mouse pads. I've got some DVDs and whatnot. So it really depends on how many people contact me. Um, but So our most recent one is Paul. You win, buddy. And we'll send you some stuff. I'll probably send you an email and say, what do you like? You know, you want a mug? You want a mouse pad? What do you like? So it's, it's that easy, you know, everybody. So make some tweets. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, and then just say, hey, you know, uh, I helped. And part of the reason for, the, for this, by the way, A, we haven't had a contest in a while. And B, I'm sort of crowdsourcing this, right, because we don't have a social media director and None of us really have the time resources because of our jobs to, you know, surf the web all day and, you know, make tweets and posts. And so I do like Twitter. I'm not a complete twidiot. But anyway, so there it is. Iron Radio uh, contest, web server stuff, uh, a little bit of science. Oh, what about Strength Guild? Now, you said you guys have a meet coming up. Yeah, we got a meet. Well, it's a week from today. So... Got everybody getting ready for meet. I think I've got, geez, I'd have to do a count, but 18 or 20 lifters going down. And it's a meet at JP's place. So he, he always throws good meets. We support them down there. And, uh, yeah, we're going to break good down. And this time there is uh, five flights I think he has going. And one flight is, it was an invite-only flight. So he picked the top, geez, I think it was 10, 10 or 7 men and women in the area in like all of the midwest and invited them all and they're all going for cash prizes so i think it's three thousand dollars um and i have uh who do i have i have three or four lifters in that flight so um got dal who just hit his first 800 squat about two weeks ago did he in preparation for it so he's looking to go you know 800 squat 800 deadlift from mid force bench so if things go right and then one of my girls might become my first girl to pull uh, 405, so we'll see. Um, little Whitney is going to be in the 350 to 370 range on squat at 132. Um, so, yeah, we got some we got some numbers coming up. And then I got a junior that's coming in, and I think he's in the 148 class. Uh, we're opening his deadlift at 385 at 148 as a 17-year-old. These are good numbers, so, man. You know, maybe yeah, we so should we get, some... maybe we should have them on. You know, like after the meet, especially yeah. if they uh, rock the house, we'll yeah. uh, 
say, you know, from your perspective, how would you do it? You know, and yeah. not let them just say, well, I, I did what Phil said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but. Yeah, it's, 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 it's right now it's, it's Dow that's been the toughest, just that strength level getting up there and it's, it's managing recovery, you know, and like we wanted to, he had, he had missed an 800 squat twice. So our plan this time was we wanted to take it before we had to do it in the meet. And so we took it about four weeks out and then from there it's recovering from that, you know, <laughs> because, you know, you take an 800 pound squat at under 242, um, He's in the 242 class, but he's not filling it out. That's a big, big squat. So, right on. Uh, yeah. You know, getting recovered from that and getting ready to go, and so he's been fighting some, some bicep issues for for months. So on the bench, so that's kind of, hmm. it's figuring out where that's going to be at the day of. So, but yeah, either way, should have a good meet. So, um, got several of them looking to. There's, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but Gracie V's having a big meet. It's invite only. And they're giving away three hundred thousand dollars in cash. Whoa! Um, yeah, that's big numbers for powerlifting. Yeah. Like I don't think anybody's ever heard heard of those type of numbers. That's total. It's not to one person, but mm -hmm. still, I think it's, I think it's fifteen thousand if you win the heavyweight division. Um, Hot damn! Yeah. Yeah. So, starting to see some money come into powerlifting, which is which is fun. So, that's what our the big goal for Dal is. You have to be top five across all federations um, to get an invite. By December 31st, so we're lifting on December 10th. So if we can get the numbers, you know, yeah. try and get an invite to that and uh, go oh. from there. It's it's a fun yeah. time to be a powerlifter right now. You're starting to see even like a JP's meet, some money going out, you know. And phew, when I was hard at it, <laughs> you got a plastic trophy, and that's it. <laughs> right. so, yeah, you missed the boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I got a little wooden plaque somewhere in my garage from right. winning WPA Worlds, you know, and that's, it's like that's that, what yeah. you got. Right. You know, congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's the veteran curse of the veterans. You know, when you're a, yeah. and let's face it, powerlifting was a lot around long before you were competing and that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, you're still in that. You're that sort of tail end of that era where there was, yeah, a pat on the back and a piece of plastic. You know. Yep. Yep. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, it's a fun time to be around, and you know, we got weightlifters getting ready for for meets and. Oh, yeah, it's just it's fun times. To be at the, cool. The now, gym. where yeah. where is JP's meet again? If just refresh people. In Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay. It's in Kansas City. So, and like I said, five flights. So it'll be running all day long. Uh, I think it starts at eight, eight or nine, with the first flight. I got people in every flight. So, um, it'll be a long day. But uh, what federation is this? USPA. Okay. USPA. So, they're getting pretty big nationally even so i mean them and usapl are probably the two big ones right now why i don't know it seems to be cyclical you know one federation takes over for three or four years and then another one comes on board and people jump ship here and there but uh right now it's uspa is uh it's pretty big so and they run good meets it seems like uh the judging's fair but strict um so getting pretty popular so gotcha. no cool all right, everyone, we might have a little bit shorter episode today. We'll see. We're going to talk about food uh, after the break. So let's go to that break, and we'll be back.
Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single digit uh, royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Fall and soon winter will be upon us. As the holidays approach and your thoughts turn to giving, please consider your friends here at ironradio.org. Over the past several years, there have been hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. Iron Radio is here for you. But as with any public radio type format, the show is listener supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 per month, you can become a supporting member keeping your weekly dose of education, experts, and gym talk flowing. Just go to www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page, or click the donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brotherhood and Sisterhood. Thanks for helping to create a place for better internet programming for all strength and muscle sports, and... Happy Holidays! Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh Keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, folks, we are back. It's Phil and Lonnie, 
and we're going to be talking about some big eats today. We've done other episodes on big eats, but today's focus is more on comfort and recovery foods. Let me define this just a little bit. Um, when I'm talking about recovery foods, these are things that I think either replaces something that's been depleted or either has an anti-inflammatory quality or, you know, could just be calorie load. It could be psychological recovery too. I mean, let's face it. We can't just look at the bio side. This is a biopsycho kind of thing. Uh, so things with, they could have zoochemicals or phytochemicals, you know, um, maybe some extra sodium. I mean, I, I was a fan of a pizza and that sort of thing, you know, for recovery because of the carbs and some extra sodium. Sometimes you need that mm -hmm. uh, complex carbs. Uh, you know, sometimes some good fats, not necessarily, you know, but I guess my focus here is not just comfort foods like you might see on, um, well, like for example, I got Food Network in front of me here. They have a recipes comfort foods page and there's some stuff in here that fits like chicken dumplings and whatnot, but then there's also a lot of sugary stuff. And I think we agree, sugar can be just fine if you're all depleted and even overdoing the volume and that sort of thing. But I think the average person might think of comfort foods more like ice cream or mac and cheese and that sort of thing. And I get that. But I think with lifters, I don't know. I think we might be a little bit different in some ways. So let's start with favorite recovery foods. Can you think of uh, your favorite or even top three? Pizza's a good one, like you said. I mean, I don't, I can't count how many times like we'd have a hard session. It's like, let's all go out and get pizza. You know? right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes it can hit the spot after a hard training day. Um, other than that, man, I'm, I'm kind of weird. I tend to go towards the steak and the potato. Mm -hmm. Like I had a hard day yesterday and that's what I did last night. I did a big steak, like a one pound steak. Uh, I did a sweet potato last night, mm -hmm. a big salad, um, and some veggies and, you know, it just it it feels it good. Sticks, it feels good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different than pizza. You know, it's like I ate a meal. <laughs> yeah, you get that, you know, that feeling, and you know, it's it's good food. But I mean, you know, it's all it's all good for you. But I think like just red meat can for at sometimes just is what I crave it and I need it. Yeah, you know, it just hits the spot. The, the, a chicken breast just does not fill that void. So it's, that's funny. It's true. Uh, well, you know, leucine, creatine, there's good stuff in there. You know, calories, way more calories, obviously, than a grilled chicken and that sort of thing. You know what? I should apologize. Phil, I didn't even think about with this topic that you're kind of dieting. Oh, I am. <laughs> and I I'm going to ask you to talk about your favorite stuff. That's okay. That's okay. No, it's all good. Uh, so. no, yeah, I agree. In our house, there's a lot of red meat focus, too. I mean, my wife Kelly's like that, too. Um, Sometimes some, like I love, and this is more of a treat kind of thing, but those big specialty burgers, you know, mm -hmm. you can get like the big double cheeseburger. You go somewhere like a Red Robin or a, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of listeners know what I'm talking about. They're um, like, there's a blue cheese version. Some of them have like a breakfast, like a um, over easy egg on top. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever heard of that stuff. Um, yeah, that stuff is just so protein, comfy goodness. You know, I, I yeah. love that stuff. Um, what else? I got a list here. Maybe some of this will jog your, your thinking, Phil. Um, meat pies. We always talk about that. Guinness meat pies. Oh, I love that stuff. But I'll tell you, if you're out there and you're skinny and like, oh, I can't gain weight, go for the meat pies, baby, because that oh, crust, yeah. you know, layers of flour and lard, <laughs> that'll put yeah. some weight on you. 
and easy well, to and make. even spaghetti and things like that you know i mean spaghetti and meatballs maybe yeah you know spaghetti and a meat sauce or meatballs and you know there's plenty of good food that lifters are different and that's what people forget we're a different population you know just because i'm eating the way i am now it's because i'm trying to go down and wait but i mean you know we can get away and should get away with more if you're looking especially a performance athlete yeah you know yeah. versus a bodybuilder you know there's a different it's totally different yeah. you know or volume so. like i said if you're it's one thing to recover like you were talking about like dal from a brutally heavy low rep squat mm -hmm. that's more like central nervous system is fried maybe we're more on the yeah. psychological comfort then mm -hmm. you know like like you said steak and potato may may be just great yeah as opposed to somebody who does lots of volume and i think there some bodybuilders would fit into that depletion category too because i mean i don't want to pigeonhole bodybuilders that they're the ones that exhaust themselves and their fatigue seekers and all mm -hmm. that but let's face it the volume is usually a little higher with those guys yeah and like you said they can get away with something like pumpkin mm -hmm. pie you know yeah. kind of stuff where the average joe he's eating that stuff and it's just all going into his love handles yeah, and this is what we talked. We talked about this before. It's like the you basically take a bodybuilding cycle and a powerlifting cycle, and they're they're flipped. It's kind of what they right. are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bodybuilders are the furthest out from competition, and they're generally going heavy. And you know, like at least my powerlifters, like we hit a ton of volume when we're way out. You know, and that is our time to build more motor. You know, and yeah. then we try and fine tune that motor as we get closer to the meet. You know, and uh, a lot of times my lifters are their leanest and they look their most jacked away from the meat. And I know like Ed Cohen had talked about this and things like that, um, where he like looked his best, the furthest from the meat, you know, right. Yeah. Cause you're doing all that volume, you know, and then, yeah. then that volume goes down and now you're just looking to move weight and you know, you don't have near the, the, the stimulus. So as yeah. you get, as you get close, so we pack it on away from the meat and then tone it down as it, you get close to the meat and we're eating to recover and that's when you start paying attention to okay i need to make sure i'm getting enough vitamins and minerals i'm eating more berries i'm eating more fruit i'm you know getting my rest i'm you know right. things like that starts coming into play speaking um, of which um pie this is the time of year for pies i mentioned uh, pumpkin pie but berry pies you touch on berries i have read some very cool stuff that blueberries those anthocyanins the blue coloring natural blue coloring and blueberries may have nervous system recovery benefits. So that'd be the kind of stuff, oh, maybe I should go eat some kind of berry cobbler or something, you know, when, I've, when I'm feeling like my nervous system is just tanked. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, it's not going to do anything magical. I mean, let's be honest, but yeah, yeah it's that kind of phytochemical, P-H-Y-T-O, right, plant chemicals that, yeah, might help with that stuff. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge sweet person, but pie, if, there, if there's a sweet thing, that's my weakness. It's oh, like, me you too, can keep, man. You can keep your cake. It's freaking dry cake with some frosting. Like, give me a pie. <laughs> you know, give me right. something with some substance. So no, oh, I agree. Man, yeah, you can't you can't beat pie. And like I said, it's just it's so calorie rich. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to be good for the you know recovery and that sort of thing. Um, you know, something else I put on this list too. I don't know if ever, anybody's ever had that. I think this is both some protein and some recovery. Lots of fat for calories too. But uh, fish and chips done right. Mm -hmm. Oh man! Uh, when we were in uh, years ago, we were in Britain. Uh, I was doing a, a little lecture at Oxford University there, and there was, uh, oh man, the fish and chips they had was just rocking. And when we were in Norway, it was the same thing. Like, it was like right out of the North Atlantic, you know, the big chunks. Like, 
you know, you look on end on on the side, and there's big white chunks of protein. It's not just like what you get here in the states, which is essentially like flour and grease with a little, you know, sliver mm-hmm. of some low quality fish in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, that's really good stuff too. Oh, and you know what else? Uh, I, as I was making this list, I thought about. Last time I was out at your place, it's a good example. And Kelly and I do this a bit here around town too, but um, big breakfast, breakfast foods, omelets. Uh, I don't remember the place we went to um, when we were out to your place. The next morning we went out and we all ate, and I mean, just gigantic omelets. Mm -hmm. You could throw meat and vegetables, but then you get hash browns or sausage Mm -hmm. gravy. I don't know, bring it. You know, that is some, that's comfort, you know. Yeah. No, that's 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 fill you up before you train food there. But you got to give yourself an hour or two after that. Yeah, two <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so, you know, nobody's gonna go uh, squat high rep squat after that. You know, immediately yeah, and I'm after still that. a believer in. You know, I don't understand why it hadn't been done more. The whole feed yourself before the session thing. Um, I see a lot of people come in hungry, and it's one thing I'm dealing with now. But it's just because the diet I'm on, I have to. But, uh, oh, right. Yeah. It's totally different than, you know, if I can like six months ago on my way, I'd grab, I'd grab a donut or something. And now it's like, I get an apple. <laughs> oh, know? I know. And, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same, no. but, uh, you know, you go in and get it done regardless. But I mean, if I, I love, and I push my lifters to let's fuel that session, you're going to burn through it anyways. If you don't burn through a donut in your session, you ain't working hard enough. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. So, um, it's, it's going to go, you know, you're going to, you're going to cook through that. So, well, there's the, I think there's a really strong connection, nervous system connection between your gut and your brain and the rest of your body. I mean, you just feel way more robust. Like you mm-hmm. said, you go have a giant omelet breakfast, you know, or, uh, pancakes or sausage gravy and biscuits, stuff like that. Um, as opposed to, like you said, nibbling on an apple or a dry piece of grilled chicken that's what uh-huh. actually makes uh, and again i know you're dieting too but that's what makes bodybuilding so hard in the last month of a diet or you know even two months because you're you don't have that usual big eats going in mm-hmm. you know and and i agree i mean it does seem intuitive doesn't it that why would you not eat before we keep talking about post-workout nutrition mm-hmm. uh and although that's that's good too you yes. know to me these are both opportunities though it just it's it seems very logical from your nervous system and even the psychological stuff, right? Their comfort foods are partly comfortable because they they flip a, some kind of satisfaction or comfort switch psychologically too, you yeah. know. And heading into a brutal squat session, being ready to rock, it's just so much better than starting from the hole, you know. No, and I think a lot of it's to blame on the supplement industry because there was such a big push a few years back about how important post-workout was, you know, yeah. post-workout eating and post-workout recovery and this and that. You see a lot of people, they miss that importance of pre, you know, yeah. getting enough sleep, getting your mind right, getting fed, getting, you know, and they come into this workout half tanked and then try to fix it after the fact. You know, right. it's, you know get yourself ready before so you can go in and have a kick-ass session and then worry about after, after. Right. Well, let's face it. I mean, if you're if you're well fueled, let's say you get another rep or two across each set. Mm -hmm. Over time, you're going to get a super training effect from that. You've done more work as opposed to, like you said, trying to repair something that already happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like a poor performance, you know. Um, Well, all right. Let me ask you. This is a a different one. And this is this is kind of funny. Sometimes I talk uh, 
with uh, nutrition people and students about this, but do you have any discomfort foods, things that you just don't like? You had a bad experience with it or uh, this just, I'm trying to get at the psychological component of some of this, right? Like there are some mm -hmm. foods and I'll withhold mine for the moment, but there are some things that ugh, just psychologically, you're just like gross. No way. Man, I like food. Um, <laughs> you don't have any. <laughs> the only thing I got, the only thing that comes to mind right now, it has nothing. It, me and my wife went out for her birthday and our anniversary and we ate uh, these blue cheese like pub chips. So they were like homemade chips with blue cheese and bacon on them and they were delicious. But then we both went home and like she got the flu. And then I'm like, oh, that sucks. And then like two hours later, I'm exploding too. And you're puking up blue cheese chips. And oh. so both of us are like, I, I just can't eat those for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, so that, that'd be the only, and that's not from, that's from just them coming up. So that's the only thing I can think of right now. Other than that, I mean, no, man, I like food. So yeah. the, I'm, I'm not a food racist. <laughs> right. <laughs> not a foodist. <laughs> uh you don't think you had foodborne illness from that, do you? That sounds like foodborne illness instead of the flu. Too fast is the problem. Like she had hers right when she got home, and the and the issue was also like our daughter, like two days later, had the same thing. Oh, so probably and, viral, yeah. And yeah, so okay. Uh, well, I, I can tell you for me, it's two things. One is raw tomatoes, and this is just weird. But when I was a kid, my mom used to make me eat this like ice iceberg lettuce salad and slices of raw tomatoes and i hate those things i could I, I wasn't allowed to go play or anything so i would do things like i'd throw them under the fridge like a frisbee i would do anything i could to make it look like they were gone from my plate you know uh, and the other one is cucumbers Ugh, a gag just thinking about it and i don't know what that is like like one of them i think with the tomatoes i'm kind of ptsd maybe the cucumbers too you know, because we always had that sort of very generic American type salad. Now people are so creative with salads. Mm -hmm. And I like a good salad, you know, a bunch of grilled chicken and stuff on it, or pita on the side or mm -hmm. whatever. But yeah, this was just a very standard, like, here's a couple slices of raw tomato. Here's a couple slices of cucumber and your iceberg lettuce. Eat it all, you know, yuck. <laughs> and it, I don't know. It's not like we had any kind of stressful, you know, meal situation growing up except for that. But that's just one of those things. I know those things are good for me. And let's face mm -hmm. it, I like tomatoes in other forms. I love tomato sauce. Um, I'll even take, like, cherry tomatoes and make, make my own sauces with different things. You know, not, not just marinara sauce. But um, I wonder what listeners think about that. So I'll, I'll open up a thread on our Facebook page and ask everybody if they have certain comfort or discomfort foods. Because it's funny when you ask big groups of people this. Some people just light up. Like, they love to start listing their comfort foods. Like I said, there are casseroles, mac and cheese, usually high on the list, or ice cream and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, but I would wager there's a lot of lifters. They do lean toward the stuff like the double cheeseburgers and the big mm -hmm. steak, yeah. big thick steak, and, yeah. you know, omelets. And um, I can tell you there's an omelet a place around here. They, they serve something called the Lost Amigo Rock Gut Omelet, and I'm all about it. It's a little college place next to Kent State University, and they just they throw what they call yesterday's chili into it and just heaping mounds of cheese and stuff, and oh, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so good. So good. I got one for you that I can never do again. I think we've talked about it before. Um, canned mackerel. 
I used to have to eat that when I was a grad student because I was just I didn't have a lot of money, and it was a much cheaper version of huge cans of like salmon, and it had close to the same fat profiles. And it's like it's literally like eating fish bait. I like mean, it's nasty. disgusting. Yeah. And I just I'll never do it again unless <laughs> unless somehow I am find myself in the poorhouse again. Right. Um, but I mean, unless I am forced to. Due to financial reasons, it's just never crossed my mouth again. It's, I mean, and I like fish. I like fishy fish. I like salmon, but that stuff is just like old, nasty fish bait. Right. And I, I won't do it. Yeah. You know, like and skin that, and gross. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know just, there's some meat and protein in there too, but yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, you are scarred. You're scarred by that. You've mentioned that before. Now that now that yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that stuff is just bad. I mean, I don't think I'd go fishing with it because I don't want the fish to have to eat that. Okay, I have one last question for you. Um, this is sort of a segue for the discomfort food thing, um, but it's alcohol. I think some people will have a drink to relax and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Now, let me set the biology side of this. More than once I have seen studies. In fact, I was in the lab when one of them happened where we, we actually had people come into the exercise physiology lab. We got them good and drunk on something that we considered fairly clean. It was just a vodka and measured their blood alcohol content, all that. And then we had them do eccentric exercise, so soreness-inducing exercise the next morning, and we did repeat blood draws. Now, imagine how much it would suck to be in that study, right? Because mm -hmm. you, you get pretty rocked the night before, and then at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, the next morning before classes begin, you're doing eccentric exercise with a catheter in your arm while people are drawing blood from you. And, you know, mm. you're hungover a little bit, you know, and... But the, the blood work did suggest there were more damage markers like creatine kinase and different enzymes spilling out of the muscles in the guys who drank the night before versus the people who didn't, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, that can't be a double-blind study. You know if you're rocked or not. Mm -hmm. um, but what, so from a tissue level, alcohol is not a, probably a good idea as far as a recovery uh, food. But what are your thoughts about the role for that like with relaxing and the psychological side because i know you'll have you'll have a you know glass of scotch or whiskey yeah. or something yeah. and, um what, what's your your take on that well i think it's like most things i think it's you know god it's overused but in moderation you know yeah, yeah. we'll go out and have a drink with dinner or you know a glass of wine a glass of whiskey or whatever or a beer yeah. you know i think it's i can't afford now like when i was 20 i could go out and tie one on and train now I'm like wrecked for four days, you know, <laughs> Amen. and it's not worth it. It just ruins like a training week trying to recover from that. It's like I'm dehydrated for a week. I'm this and that, you know, I, we just don't do it anymore. It's not worth it. Um, yeah, but oh. I don't think, I don't think going out and having a drink or two is, is going to harm anything because you're not, you're not going out and getting, you know, if you tested your blood alcohol levels, it's going to be low, um, compared to the people you had going on. Right. So, yeah. oh, true. Um, right. Yeah. But, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know any high-level athletes that are just rocked all the time. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I had a buddy in, so. in college, childhood friend. He, he used to say, hey, it's the secret. It's my extra calories, right? Because, you know, ethanol mm -hmm. has seven calories per gram. That's more yeah. calories than proteins and carbs, you know. Mm -hmm. However, yeah, there's this sort of tissue, I don't want to say dissolving effect, you know, but it, it's – it's sort of a, it, it could be catabolic. And I agree with what you said 100%. And listeners, if you're veterans or you're in your 30s and 40s or beyond, 
it I, sometimes I've wondered, am I just smarter now? Because like you said, I get so <laughs> wrecked. I won't, you know, mm -hmm. the next day from something I, I, I would have done and got up and lifted when I was in my 20s, mm -hmm. you know, and I wonder, can my liver not take it or am I just freaking smarter? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good point. So the other thing about uh, alcohol too, biologically is people don't realize, but ethanol can increase aromatase activity and potentially raise estrogen levels a little. Now, in the short term, I don't see that doing a whole lot necessarily uh, because estrogen actually protects against muscle damage, believe it or not. Like if, like, you know, we take some of your uh, girls who train really hard or do a big volume session and get really sore, it's going to be harder to make them sore than the guys. And if, and if I did blood draws on them, they wouldn't show the damage markers either. Now, is alcohol going to give guys enough estrogen to do that? No, probably not. And I think most guys wouldn't want that. I mean, you know, oh, I'm immune to muscle soreness, but I have boobs. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not what most guys want, want anyway. But I do think it kind of lends itself to the, the psychology versus biology side, right? Like, is could there, like you said, in moderation, you have a drink after dinner or with dinner or something and you can relax or be mm -hmm. social that might be the pause that you need that little respite psychologically yeah. that you can then go go pick it up again like you said as long as you're not getting wrecked yeah. and having you know more than a half a dozen drinks or something you know mm -hmm. and i've dealt with you know and that's i mean me and my lifters will go out and we'll have a drink yeah you know but that's usually that and that but i've i've dealt and i deal with several clients that are heavy drinkers and it's not it's not BS that there's a body type to it, man. They hold a lot of weight around the belt line, and yeah, it's hard yeah. to get off, and they're a little harder to get going, and they generally more sore. I see more achy joints and things like that. Um, oh, good but point. I mean, yeah, but I mean, joints. the dieting is much tougher. I mean, when you're when you're putting down that many calories just in alcohol, and then then that, and then eating too, and that alcohol is, you know, it's burnt before anything else is. So everything else is going to storage, you know, yep. <laughs> and it's usually getting stored around the waistline. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't realize one night of fairly heavy drinking, like you said, it metabolizes so fast that you'll end up with fatty liver. Like mm -hmm. one out of three, one out of four Americans are pre-diabetic, and one of the features of that is they have what's called fatty liver. But this is more like from alcohol, and, and mm -hmm. I think it would surprise a lot of people. I know it, it does my students when I say, you know, you, you go out and you have half a dozen drinks or more, you're going to end up with, like, if we could look inside you, you would have a visibly slightly larger fatty liver. And that's just kind of a gross thought. That doesn't sound healthy at all, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to touch on something you said about joints, though. Any lifters who do like their uh, beer, I, I had a, a, a nice big Guinness last night. Beer is actually much worse for gout. If you have a tendency toward gout, and sometimes people feel it in the, feel it in the first joint of their big toe, but it, it could be throughout your joints, gouty arthritis. Beer is way worse for that than something like wine, for example. In fact, wine has a lot of those phenols and antioxidants and other things like that. Um, but you know what? I think even from that perspective, the average person might go drink a bunch of sugary, syrupy, alcoholic crap and i would wager most of our lifters you know who listen they don't choose that when they go drink mm -hmm. you know like we we're saying hey you have a i don't know uh, vodka on the rocks or some uh, whiskey mm -hmm. or uh you know sometimes we, yeah kelly and i will have a glass of red wine something like mm -hmm. that and that's just a far cry from you know like it's like the coffee these days everything's so sure sugar syrup and 
for yeah. for years I actually thought is wine is heavy in carbs is grape juice, but no, mm -hmm. it's not actually listeners. It not at all. Um, I'm not saying there's no, zero carbs in it, but it's not nearly as, as sugar loaded as grape juice. Yeah. So, so something to think about there too. But. All right, well that's that's about it. I guess a little bit shorter show this time around, but with fall coming around, it's so easy to be able to recover. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I know you guys have a meet, but I, I, I would argue a lot of times this is sort of off season for a lot of people. It's a time to grow. It's time to recover. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of good options out there. So, yeah, I'll open up something on the Facebook page, too. And we'll see. What do you guys think uh, as far as listeners? What do you like for discomfort foods or comfort foods? It's a fun topic. And let's face it, yeah, some of these things can really help you recover from all of those perspectives uh, when we are defining stuff. So Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. There you go. Have a good weekend, guys. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.